0: <laughs> Hello, and welcome to According to John. Today we have uh, a great discussion on God's protection. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, everybody, uh, what is God's protection? And will God always protect us? Mm-hmm. You know, what does it look like? And will there ever any, be any bad stuff happen to us? And well, I think the protection began long before we knew
1: Jesus. Yeah, guardian angels. Yeah, I think you wore out a set of guardian <laughs> angels before you even came to Jesus. I think God really did protect me, knowing that I was going to surrender to Him. Well, the Bible says that they are ministering spirits to those who shall be heirs of salvation. Mm. So I don't think your guardian angel liked your motorcycle. <laughs> I don't know that he likes me for a whole lot of reasons. But protection. <laughs> this is a this is a thing that is, it needs a biblical uh study yeah because people think well god owes me protection that i'll never get sick i'll never get hurt and i'll never have a financial challenge and and i deserve no 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 we need or how about get... this everything works to good to those who love the lord mm-hmm. and who are called according to his purpose and what is yeah, good yeah, yeah testings are good yeah.
0: and and by the way it's god's good not man's good
1: yeah so we got to get the big picture here and the bottom line is certainly God protects his kids. Right. But he's going to protect us in a divine order with a divine purpose in mind, not just, uh, you know, uh, Jesus is bigger than the boogeyman, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it's deep.
0: so the question is, what does the Bible say about God's protection? I am your host. This is my co-host, pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. And if you haven't been on his podcast, make sure you get there. Just go to pastor Duke on any podcasting platform. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, he's putting some great stuff out there for you to learn and grow on. But, uh, brother, let's go to the Lord in prayer and, uh, we will get started. Please open us.
1: Yes. Father in heaven, we pray that you use the word of God through us, your servants, to edify, build up uh, those who listen. Lord, we're here to help, not to hurt. We're here to to exhort, not to condemn. And I pray that uh, biblical balance will be found by all of us, not to have false expectancies from you, but have biblical expectancies. Lord, all things do work together for good. Not all things are good but for your ultimate good purpose. And we know that, and give us discernment, we pray, in speaking and in listening, in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. All right, what does the Bible say about God's protection? First off, we have many promises and examples of physical protection in the Word of God. We see it from the Old Testament on through. Uh, God promised protection to the Israelites going into the Promised Land, because remember, they're going in against the giants. And I remember when when you read the scriptures it says when they come back to Joshua and or Moses and then they're and Joshua and Caleb, they're the only two that want to go in, and the rest are like, We're grasshoppers to them, right? Mm-hmm. That was real. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't that was not a, a metaphor or a color. Oh, they were real giants armed and dangerous. And that were so much taller than the Israelites.
1: And at the human level, it's like there's no way. No way. We're in big trouble.
0: They, look, they could have been 15 to 30 feet tall, whereas you had the Israelites that would have been, uh, you know, their standard five, five and a half, six feet tall.
1: Yeah. Well, I've seen uh, evidences in the ar- archaeology where they found skeletons of people that were 22 feet tall. If you
0: watch the History Channel, mm-hmm. they did a – they did a, a documentary on giants. Yeah, I watched it three times. Yeah, and they found beds upwards of twenty-four feet long. Mm-hmm. They find, I mean, they you know they find all this stuff that proves that there were people mm-hmm. that tall. But you know, on the the topic that
1: we're talking about protection, God offered them, as, as you mentioned, protection from the enemy It was greater than them when they're going into the Promised Land. But think about why they went down into Egypt the first place it was for protection against mm-hmm. the elements the protection against the famine that was sore in place. And so God's protection generally is, is there for his people. The, the people of God are generally more protected than right. the people outside, you know? Yeah. Um, well, that's
0: Exodus 23, 27 mm-hmm. says, I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you come and will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. And, and, and then, of course, he goes on in the verse, but he says, look, I will go before you. I will set the stage so that you have victory. Mm-hmm. So, so there are times where we see here with the Israelites that God promised protection uh, to the Israelites, and then he fulfilled it. And he, God does things in God's way. Mm-hmm. Then we see the Psalms of David Right, the Psalms of David are filled with praise for God, to God, as he protected his chosen one against the enemies.
1: Yeah, you you, the national protection,
0: the the bodily personal protection. Yeah. So David says in Psalm 18:3, I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. Mm-hmm.
1: You know who was in who was in greater danger, Goliath or David? <laughs> <laughs> right. First it looked like David, but uh no, no. No. But uh, right. that divine protection, but it there's a whole lot of uh pieces to this puzzle. Right. There're uh, definite divine protection, guardian angels before we're saved. Uh there's guardian angels after we're saved. There's God's providence to keep us out of trouble. Uh, along the way a lot of which probably we don't even know about right so there's there's divine protection but people take that divine protection sometimes outside of biblical boundaries oh absolutely and kind of making god like you have to do this yeah that's what i was trying to say yeah
0: yeah oh god let me and then and they want him as a genie but that's the only time they want him Mm -hmm. but even you know david another verse for David, where he's praising God in uh, Psalm 54, seven, for he has delivered me out of all trouble. And my eyes has seen its desire upon my enemies. God was not David's genie. David knew what God was doing and praised him for what he was doing and thanked him for what he's doing, which a lot of times we fail to do that. 138, seven. David says this though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me. And so, again, we see on a personal level, God comes in and he will protect us. But that doesn't mean it's always going to happen because then we have the life of Job. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah. laughs> the curveball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Listen. A big sweeping curveball coming right for your head. Job was an upright man who feared God and shunned evil, and yet when Satan was looking for someone to take down, God said, "Hey, have you considered my servant Job?" He tossed him under the bus, mm-hmm. and but for an amazing purpose. Oh my goodness! Right, but and and here's the other thing. By the way, it's Job chapter one through three. If you read this, it, it's an amazing. Uh, uh, part of scripture. But what I really find interesting is Satan's response when God said, have you considered my servant Job? And he didn't go Job, Job who, mm-hmm, or knew. which, which one you ta- he knew exactly because then he said this, does he want for nothing? You've put a hedge of protection around him. You, you, you've given him this and you've taken care of this. And and I mean, he knew Job's whole life history. He did. And yet God tossed him under the bus. Have you considered my servant Job? So if you look, God doesn't always save us from trouble. Now, ultimately God saves Job and spares Job and blesses Job because Job stayed faithful. But the reality is he did not keep him from heartache. It was a huge
1: trial. He passed, came forth as gold. But you know, I, I see that big picture. God's going to protect his his people, Israel, the Abrahamic covenant. He, but he's going to protect his servant David. Yeah. And so you have the the general and the specific protection. But he's still going to let David face a giant. But the Lord was with him. Right. And uh, it's it's so neat because we're trying to filter our lives with the scriptures. And when you do, you be it's it's really a big topic, and uh, God will allow His children to be tested, mm-hmm. always with a wonderful purpose in mind that He may grow us through the testing. But sometimes, when that test is upon you, when you're facing that enemy, it feel it feels like God is not protecting me. Right. But I, we don't bow to that feeling. We 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 have faith that speaks
0: above our emotions well deuteronomy 31:6 says this be strong and of good courage do not fear nor be afraid of them for the lord your god he is the one who goes with you he will not leave you nor forsake you we get the same promise in the new testament as well but interesting that it is almost verbatim in the old testament that he'll not leave us nor forsake us how about joshua And listen, this is God's protection is sure and faithful because he promises. Do not forget that. Joshua one five, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you another promise. How about 1 Chronicles 28, 20? 20, and David said to his son Solomon, be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed for the Lord God, my God, he, he specified, right? My God will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. And so we see that God's protection is sure and it's faithful, but it may not look like we want it to look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I, I think that's a huge
1: point right there. We don't really have the right to tell God how it's supposed to look. Exactly, we want to do that. That's our nature.
0: Are you kidding me? We always want because here's the thing: we don't want any heartache. We want everything good. Mm -hmm. Who wants issues? I don't want issues. I don't want to have to battle. I want. I don't have to go through struggles. But the truth is, dude. We don't grow except through the battles and the struggles. And so there are times that it's not God's will to deliver you from the heartache that is about to come to your life. Now, Mm -hmm. some people will train wreck their life because of the heartache. Even though they love Jesus or they say they love Jesus, they'll train wreck their life because we're like, oh, I can't understand why this heartache has come to me. I thought God loved me. I thought this. Well, look what Paul says In Philippians 1, 12 through 14. But I want you to know, brethren, this is to the Christian, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So God had a purpose in allowing that
1: protection to be questioned. You know, shipwrecks, beatings, imprisonments. Think about it. I thought God protected you, Paul. Well, he did
0: from death, but not from trouble. No matter what comes. Yeah. You know what? I protected you from death, but you got some heartache, but because of your heartache, and your testimony, others are going to grow if you glorify God in that yeah, testimony. And his
1: way through, which Paul did, and that's what Paul did. Yeah, he's in jail in mm-hmm. Philippi, naked in stocks, mm-hmm. beaten, probably yeah. condemned to die in the morning till they find out he's a citizen. <laughs> that changed everything, right? <laughs> but then even, and what even are they even doing? Of- They're singing praises that yep. night. And the in the in the Philippian jailer was watching, and he said, "Whatever you guys
0: got, I want. I want. <laughs> I need." It. And he got but, it. And then he God. and then he goes before. King Agrippa and pours his soul out to the King Agrippa with facts that nobody could deny. And the King said, "Almost, Paul, you persuade me to be a Christian. And Paul said, you and everybody else in this place, I'd love to persuade to be a Christian. Um, what happened? God used Paul's trials to put him in position to glorify God for the lost to get saved. And that's what you'll always see. If you, when you have things that are coming
1: upon you like oh god you're supposed to protect me well he is mm-hmm. but he's got something in mind that's greater than my personal comfort i would just say right now lord i'm willing to suffer for your namesake mm-hmm. he's given us on the behalf of christ not only to believe on his name but to suffer for his namesake i buy into that yep. i've tasted his gracious he delivered me oh, from sin goodness. and i'm willing to do that but then it's for his glory and you know, Paul said, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory, which
0: shall be revealed. <sighs> Dude, us. he got it. Yeah. He, he, he figured it out. And he's like, no matter what happens to me here, when I get there, which is a promise and guaranteed, uh, this, this all here is, is like trash. I mean, it's not even worth. Yeah. I want to take you back to cents. something you
1: were hitting on a moment ago, uh, the, the Jews are coming out of Egyptian slavery, and they've seen miracles, and God, oh, God's protecting us, God's protecting and he was. Mm-hmm. Those plagues are coming upon the Egyptians, not upon the Jews, and, and he delivered them. The waters parted, and, and they go out, oh, God protected us, God protected us. Now they're in the wilderness, and they have uh, some expectations from the Lord. They're expecting not to be tested, right. and God is going
0: to test them, and boy, they miserably failed. Now, I, I want you to see... Uh, you, you, obviously, you see, but I want I want to bring up a great point. What you said, God is going to test them, not tempt them. Ooh, huge
1: point, huge point. And so they run out of water, and it's like, okay, God, you got us through the Red Sea, did those plagues. We're thirsty, you know our needs before we ask. So we're we're trusting you. No, they get we're want to go kill Moses. <laughs> you just brought us out here to kill us, and we'll kill you. And then God graciously lets water come from the rock. I don't know if you've ge- geologically
0: seen that place. I
1: did. It is incredible. Out in the middle of the desert where the water came up and out you of the see rock. And you, you see could, it
0: split and smooth.
1: Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. amazing. Billions and billions of gallons of water ran through there. Yeah. So, But see, the thing here is they, they had an expectancy that was unrealistically, it was unbiblical. They had their own interpretation. More of what, than
0: unrealistic,
1: unbiblical. And and self-centered.
0: Absolutely.
1: uh, unbiblical, self-centered, you owe us, we're out here in the wilderness, you need to have the oasises, you know, three miles apart, so we go, we don't have to worry about anything, the food is there, the water's there waiting, the enemies are defeated, we'll just have a life of luxury. Oh,
0: and put the cloud over us so we don't sweat when we walk. (laughs) Yeah, and they had an
1: an unrealistic, unbiblical, self-centered idea of what protection
0: should look like, Right. and that's not how God rolls. Exactly. Because sometimes he uses these trials to purify us. There you go. There's a purpose, huh? There's the purpose, right?
1: And if we're focused on God knows what he's doing, and his purpose is to conform me to the image of Christ, Mm -hmm. his purpose is to empty me out of myself because I will not really ultimately – edify and build myself up. I'll just be self selfish and be an idiot. Nobody will be able to stand me. So God knows what he's doing. So a trial comes my way. How good are we at being idiots? Write a book on it. I'll sign the first copy for you, yeah, John. Yeah. How to
0: be an idiot for dummies. Yeah. <laughs> How to be an idiot for idiots. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But see, I think we come back to motives. God's motives are always pure, right? Okay, Joe, the latter end is going to be double the beginning. I well, know what I'm his, doing here. I'm going to use you to insult Satan, and you're going to like it in the end, but trust me in the myth, and he did though he slay me
0: yet, well I, I trust him. yeah and, and here's the other thing. God's motives are always to purify us. there you go. They're, his motives are for our benefit, Old Testament and New Testament. It didn't church age for them, for us, for it doesn't matter because see, it's about people. It's not about the church. I mean, the church is people, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So he says here in James one, two through three, we're talking about trials uh, that he uses trials to purify us. James one, two says my brethren. (laughs) And again, it's only for the Christian will this happen? Do not be stunned if you don't know Jesus and he's not working in your life because he's not going to work in your life until you know Jesus. He's just going to bring you to the end of yourself. That's it. Or you're broken. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Verse four, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That is the whole goal of God when he allows trials to come into our life to purify us and so that we will be complete, lacking nothing. And then he goes on and says, Hey, if you want wisdom, ask for it. Mm-hmm. If God is there to give, to provide, but he will use trials to move us where we need to be. And not only that, a fire is what purifies gold. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to be gold, purified we need the fire we need the fire
1: and he said to think it not strange peter wrote concerning the fiery trials which are to try you see sometimes people see a fiery trial say well god's not protecting me yeah it's 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 not just all about you and your comfort it's about you and your growth
0: look at children that are not disciplined versus children are disciplined if there's no fire uh the uh uh, with the undisciplined children you see it they are selfish self-centered cry babies, throw temper tantrums, um, will manipulate and embarrass the parent to get what they want, will act up. They're they're ridiculous Mm -hmm. because there's no control. So if God didn't put a fire under us to to move us toward discipline and, and understanding and giving us wisdom through trials, we would be just like the kids today where the parents let them get away with everything. Now, use your words, Johnny. Don't act out. You know what my mother would have done to me? My mother would have taken a a Tupperware spoon, spatula, beat the crap out of me, and said, you will do what I tell you to do, or I will kill you. Do you understand? And you decided not to embarrass her again, because the cost was too great. uh, for my dad. My
1: dad wouldn't do that. My dad would it'd be a loud clout to the snout. That's what yeah, I was with my dad. Right? <laughs> he wasn't kidding. But you knew. Yeah, and because of that, we, he, we never needed it. Exactly. Because it was there waiting for us.
0: My mom, my, I remember uh, when I was little, my mom, she would, like, we would get ready to go out. And I came from, my, we were very poor uh, growing up. We didn't have a whole lot. And so, uh, but one thing my mom did say is, soap is cheap. And manners better be there. Mm -hmm. So she would tell us, okay, we're going over to Aunt Toot's house. And you will behave yourself. And if you are not, when we get home, Mm -hmm. I will deal with you. Now, understand this. My mother meant every word. I was going to say, I bet she always kept her word. She never failed. Mm -hmm. And she would say, when we get there... You do not ask for anything. Well, Aunt Toots always had cookies and pie and all this stuff laying everywhere. Amen. And right, and so you get there and you want a piece of that pie. But the cool thing about Aunt Toots is you didn't have to ask. She always asked you. Yeah, you had an Aunt Toots. I had an Aunt Snuts. <laughs> <Snutsie>. <laughs> Did you? Really? Yeah,
1: she's same way, boy. She, she it was all we oh. were waiting for. Her. You didn't have to ask. You just sit yeah. back and smile and she'd take care
0: of you. So, Aunt Toots and Uncle Jim. Were probably some of the best people on earth. And man, when you got into their house and they were Italian,
1: mm-hmm.
0: full, <laughs> full on Italian. Yep. When you got into their house, man, there was food everywhere. But my mom would always say, you do not ask for anything. And if I have to tell you twice, mm-hmm. you're in sorry. trouble. Right. And who, to whose benefit was it? But those it was, are just—it was
1: ours, human, everyday, common sense, good parenting.
0: And but if and if your parents know how to give good, who is evil know how to give good gifts. How much more your father in heaven? Oh, you're dragging the words of Jesus into it now, huh? So, right? Let's <laughs> do that, John. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so listen. God uses trials to purify us, to get us where we are and where we should be. And I will tell you this, I went over to a friend's house and we were working uh, to continue with the aunt toots and mom story. And this shows you how it's instilled in us, right? Mm-hmm. So we get there or, or I'm, I'm helping a friend of mine and we are uh, doing things around his house. At any rate, he invites me in and we were out working in not so clean areas with mud and whatnot, but he had this brush at the door. You could just clean your feet and we were going in. I stopped to take my boots off, which you have to untie them and unlace them and all that. And he goes, Oh, don't worry about it. Uh, That's why we have tile floor in the kitchens right through the door. We're not leaving the kitchen. So just come on in. And I said, I would never do that to your wife and have her clean up my mess. So I took my, my shoes off and, uh, or my boots off. I go in the house and then his wife says, uh, you shouldn't have taken your boots off because now your socks are going to get dirty and i said well better my socks than to me to dirty your floor there's no way in the world i could wear my boots in in your house or anybody else's house because that's the way way i I was was raised. raised amen made your mama proud right yeah you just listen you take your shoes off at the door right and 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 they're like you could say well they're owners of the house and they said it's okay but it's not who it's not and, and listen, I mean, listen, I'll tell people, too, you come in because you're coming in on tile. Uh, don't worry about taking your shoes off. Come in on You're on a tile. Just don't go on the carpet. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. But for me, it's like, that's not the way I was raised. And how do you go against the way you're raised? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, we're on the
1: topic of protection. And there's just this common sense. It's personal disciplines. It's respect for others. And all of that conditions us to have good behavior. It purifies us. It, it purifies us and it makes others yeah. really respect us. They see our discipline.
0: They makes see our us good com- works. Just like just like James 1, 3 or 4, it has its perfect work in us so that we are perfect, complete, lacking nothing.
1: Yeah. Mature and others are watching and they glorify God yeah. on our behalf when they see our pattern of good works. But I just I just love this, this protection thing. You know, when you and I first came to Christ, uh, just Christ in us, uh, making good choices now instead of bad choices. There was an element of protection in that because, you know, if I'm not drinking anymore, I'm not going to drive drunk.
0: Right. (laughs) Exactly.
1: You know, if I'm not dealing drugs anymore, I'm not going to get busted and go to prison. There's
0: just some automatics
1: that better decisions create more protection. Yeah, and it was just like a, this, just by simple obedience to Christ, there was this whole new realm of amazing protections upon me. Of course, now Satan's going to target me because, you know, I'm, I'm a threat to his kingdom of darkness uh, now. Yeah, okay. So that brings us into a whole nother level of godly protection.
0: You know, people think that um, that if God really wanted to protect us, right? Uh, He would provide wealth and ease of life and and all that is good. That's all waiting in the kingdom. And that's in the kingdom. But Mm. here on earth, because we're in the midst of evil, because we have all the influence around us, because God has to constantly keep uh, uh, us in check so that we can keep Satan at the door rather than bringing him in the house and having him sit at the couch. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it's interesting because God does not always protect us from generally bad economic uh, conditions. He doesn't protect us from that. Uh, He doesn't protect us from consequences of bad financial decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He doesn't protect us from that. How about poor management on our part? We're forgiven, but we still reap what we sow. Because we get the consequences of our own lack of diligence in working. Mm -hmm. That is, we are going to pay the consequence in that. 1 Thessalonians Mm 4.11. That you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. Why? Why is Paul telling us to lead a quiet life, mind your own business, and work with your own hands? Verse 12. That you may walk properly. Toward those who are outside. Outside watching. And that you may lack nothing. Mm-hmm. You work, you get, and you present yourself and your testimony good to the lost world, and everybody wins.
1: So his protection is mingled in with our obedience.
0: Ah
1: Did I say something smart there, John? Yeah. <laughs>
0: You can but, agree. I'm going to give you two I, points. Two for that. points. Two yeah, points. Joel can take them right. away so fast. You know that.
1: Like, I tell her. Like, Johnny gave me two points right. today.
0: But think about what you said. His our, our his, obedience. Our obedience
1: is connected to his protection. His protection.
0: They go hand in hand.
1: Yeah, they're just ones connected to the other. You, you the cannot. You cannot. Yeah, you
0: can't be disobedient and expect God's protection. Yeah. It's
1: like if you're playing out in the street, you get hit by a car. Yep. But if you're playing in the yard, you're probably not going to get hit by it. You're going to be safe. It's just, it's just common sense. Right. right. And, uh,
0: you but, think, but they want, but people want God to protect them I want to be while stupid, they're being stupid. And still be blessed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be
1: selfish, self centered. I want to be a jerk. I want you to bless me with all everything, everything God. Yeah. Everything. Riches, health everything and god says nope that's not the way i roll well so now think he's even smarter that. than your mom <laughs> <laughs> right think about this
0: um god made solomon extremely wealthy because solomon wanted wisdom over wealth but then when solomon started fading on the wisdom because he was gaining the wealth things started changing and you know what god did uh
1: Raise up some enemies.
0: Yeah, his, his wealth was destroyed. Psalm 112, 1, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commands. And then in 1, 3, uh, Psalm 112, 3. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. This is the attitude prior to. Then we see in 1 Samuel 2, 7. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash in the heaps and he goes on. But but the whole point is here, as we see with Solomon, he is blessed beyond measure because all he cared about is wisdom, not not riches, but then he gets riches and it kind of screwed up his wisdom. And then he starts then he has neither until Ecclesiastes, where his wisdom kicks back in because he understands how
1: stupid he was. Yeah, after he made a fool of himself. Yeah. Solomon because had,
0: he walked away from God.
1: He had a, he had respect of the nation, uh, mm-hmm. in the early days In the latter days, they just endured him. Like, yeah. Wait for him to die off because he had lost his testimony.
0: Yeah. Think about that. And so, uh, all of that becomes destroyed. And so guys, listen, my, the whole point here is that if you think God's going to bless you because you're being an idiot and he's not, and he's, Obedience is required for blessings to flow. Yeah. Solomon's disobedience uh, cost
1: him. I had a lady come to me, tell me one day, she goes, I, I disagree with something you preached. And she, I could tell she was kind of being silly and sweet. And, you know, she wasn't really challenged. She was just having, enjoying me. And I was enjoying her. And she said, uh, I said, Well, what was it I mispreached? She said, Well, you said Solomon was the wisest man in the world. <laughs> she said, Well, if he was so wise, why would he win a thousand mother in laws? Right.
0: <laughs> Uh, yeah, that wisdom is yeah. faded. It was faded. Well, and, and you think about that. Here's the other thing. The, the more he walked away from God and walked with the world, all of a sudden, all these influences started pouring in. And that's what made him walk away was all the women. And he built an altar for each of them and their gods. Their and, gods. Dude, you can't listen. You can't help but to be influenced by the junk Little leaven, leavened the whole lump, didn't yeah, it? Well, you know, and, and I've I've said this a hundred times or a thousand times, maybe ten thousand by now. Uh, when you go in the barn, uh, the cows don't come out smelling like you. It just <laughs> is what it is, right? Yeah, I understood that, John. Yeah, and, and listen, I used to go to this uh, before Jesus. I used to go to this bar all the time. It was a grill and bar, and, and it was Mostly a bar, a little bit of grill. (laughs) No, no, no. It was, so here's the thing. It was in North Carolina. So the door stayed closed all the time because it was either heat or air conditioning. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what never got out of there? The smell of the grease. Mm. You would walk in. I mean, literally you could walk in, have one beer, walk out, and then you get home and they go, I know where you were (laughs) because, and I couldn't smell it because my nose had drawn used to it. Yeah. And then, but as soon as I walk out and got around someone else (laughs) there, you were at the bar, weren't you? How do you know? I smell it. <laughs> it wasn't, and it wasn't the beer they smelled. It was the grill that they smelled because yeah. the grease is in the air and you can't get away from it. And that, that is the, that's, it's just the sin way Solomon per- was. Yeah. Man.
1: Sin permeated the, his, his own personal culture. His he didn't own even zone. get it. Yep. And, uh, he, he played the fool. Yeah. And that's what he said. I'm not, that's not an accusation. That's what he that's said. That's what he, I have played the fool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he so he recognized it. Wisdom came in as wealth was fleeing, and he was so depressed he wants you to commit suicide. <laughs> it was a ridiculous book, but I mean, I get it, right? The true essence of God's protection is the internal indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Ooh. That is God's true essence of protection for us today, and we find it in Ephesians 2, 21 through 22 in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. He's talking about the people or the church that is growing in God's grace. Verse 22, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. And so as we see this, God's protection is literally in the holy spirit as he builds us and grows us matures us we are protected and you even said this in the beginning we're protected when we get to the kingdom that's that's our like that's our payoff mm-hmm. if you will yeah
1: i see here i, I never really kind of saw it so just in this moment there is a guaranteed spiritual protection yeah. you're sealed by the holy spirit of god he dwells in you you have a seat already and having reserved for you colossians uh Chapter 2, is it like you're already, in a sense, seated with him? So it's like a spiritual guarantee of of protection. We will not go to hell. We will go to heaven. In the meantime, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. In the meantime, we're called to this propagation of the faith to the world. We're not doing any harm to the enemy at all unless we're sharing our faith living out the gospel. Oh, yeah.
0: Listen, if the enemy can keep you silent, you're not doing anything for God. No threat to him at all. None. But you're also not. You're of. Oh boy, this is going to sting. You're no threat to the enemy, but you're no value to the God either. No value. No. I mean, He loves us, but it's disappointment because He has
1: He has plans for us to yeah. to to he's and one preacher said he saves you for free and then he pays you to serve him well right. you're not going to get paid for disobedience and and disengaging from the matthew
0: 28:19 through 20 yeah go you ye therefore and teach all nations yeah.
1: and if we're not doing that if we're not giving to missions yeah. and we're not sharing our faith and we're not living out if you're our not faith, doing and, the work of an evangelist yeah if we're not doing that we're no threat to the kingdom but i see this spiritual protection it's guaranteed absolutely but then as we engage in this great commission uh, we are now targeted by the enemy who will test us, and he will tempt us. Yes. God doesn't tempt us, but Satan does tempt us. Then it, there's a sense of uh, – there there's the per- b- biblical obedience layer of protection that comes upon us, and then there there's even a supernatural a- element of protection that can come upon us.
0: Because think about this. Paul was beaten, shipwrecked, bitten, thrown in prison. Thrown on the fire. But didn't die. He never died. Until it was God's time. But here's the the coolest thing. He wasn't spared trials, but God protected him because through it all, Paul kept rejoicing God. Mm -hmm. So therefore, God did protect him because he protected his attitude and his outlook, which absolutely determines health and wealth and everything else.
1: And other people were watching him, seeing him in his sufferings, for praising his way through. And it saying, strengthened them.
0: Yeah, we need what you got. Yeah. Wow. That's protecting the believer. I think it, I think it's protecting the attitude uh more than um the physical. Because the attitude determines everything. If you're at the if core. you're yeah, if you're at the core, yeah, if your attitude uh stinks then you're pr- you're probably going to lead a, a physically and life is going to be poor too, meaning that uh, it's just not going to be good.
1: You know, you and I have talked about our early days launching by faith into a new part of the country where the
0: cost of living was way higher than where we came from. Yeah, I left Disneyland USA, which was Springfield, Missouri. You did too, <laughs> to come to New York, Everything which is doubled in cost. Is oppression USA? <laughs>
1: And, you know, God's provision, in a sense, uh, which has been faithful, God's provision was an era of protection. It's never failed, yeah. He protected us from the debt collectors because he provided what we needed. So there's just different layers of God's protection. But I think it all, just to come back to a point, you you mentioned just a moment ago which gave me these thoughts. You know, Jesus talks about the, the secret place. Mm. Your heavenly Father who seeth in secret. Yeah, re- he knows your needs you be- openly. before you ask. He'll, he'll reward you openly. And there's a protection in that secret place. Our, our minds in that secret place, our minds are at peace. Our minds in the secret place, we know God is big, he's good, he loves us. And Israel in that secret place, they got to face giants. Okay, God, you, you're going to be doing some miracles, I guess, because you love us. And, and in that secret place, in that quiet place, in the praise place, there's like a protection that comes. Our mind is not cluttered with all this filth okay. or, uh, and doubt and unbelief and we go out in in obedience to him and and this whole bigger purpose, that divine protection. It looks different to different people at different times, at different places. It looked like Job wasn't being protected, but in the end he was. He
0: was. He was absolutely protected. And and also God used all the crazy that happened in Job's life to do what? To build him up, to get him where he needed to be. And here we are 4,000 years later, drawing strength from him doing this and God's doing the same thing in our life. The believer is sealed for the day of the final glorification Ephesians one 13 through 14. Uh, Cause remember we went from the true essence of God's protection is the Holy spirit. Now we see where we're sealed by the Holy spirit. Ephesians one 13 in him. You also trusted after you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom also having believed you were sealed with the holy spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory we are guaranteed as if we were already there you know we done deal yeah paid
1: in full it is finished
0: we enter in the the all these contracts today right in the world where, where uh, we sign it and boy if you don't keep your end we'll sue you like that we expect we expect a guarantee to be fulfilled well if we being evil would expect that how much greater is god who mm-hmm. is holy and righteous promises it will fulfill it yeah though he
1: slay me job said yet will, will I, I trust him, trust him. Yeah, and he said i know that my Redeemer liveth, and I shall see him the latter day upon the earth. That was a guarantee that Job believed, and um, he lived through his trial. Came He praised his way through. He was yeah. in awe of God yeah. all the way through. And then that season of testing was over, and the latter end of Job was twice the beginning. Yeah, because God blessed him a hundredfold. It's interesting. When God showed back up, God didn't explain anything to Job. Where were you when I created the world, (laughs) hung the world on nothing? And then he's,
0: gird up your loins, boy, because I want an answer. And then that was at 35 questions. And then he blasted him with another 35 questions. And he never explained anything to Job. And I
1: I have this thought, you know, Job Job winds up in heaven, you know, maybe, you know, that whole thing when the Old Testament. But he gets to heaven. And uh, he still, God never explained to him what happened. Mm -hmm. So he gets to heaven. Are there Bibles in heaven? I think there are. (laughs) i don't know i don't
0: know if we need bibles because i don't know if have we need jesus. them but
1: i i have the idea that god will allow his word to be in heaven we know. might not have our schools but we're allowed to have them in heaven. so here's this <laughs> picture i can't prove
0: yeah i'm not i don't i'm not on that one brother you, but go ahead you can't i you can't prove me well, wrong because so we let have me a, have, well well we have the word there and the word is jesus so i don't know yeah. that we need the written word because we have the actual word well dear lord jesus <laughs> duke thinks there's gonna be bibles in heaven
1: so job's there he finds a bible okay, right and here's
0: what i'm gonna do brother because i love you i'm let you have it.
1: Okay, I don't agree, but I'm going to let you. Have so Job it. picks up a Bible. There's a book. Out. Job, there's a book with my name on it. He begins to read from the east and all that. That's that's me. And then he sees. See, that's that. That's that storyteller in you, dude. Oh, but go man, ahead. I, it's, not the, it's not. It's that's not. The. So I I picture it this way. Job's in heaven. You go figure out if Adam had a belly button or oh, not. Good. I'm going to go with Job and having read his story. All right. That's me. And he, Adam, Adam had, had no belly button <laughs> because he didn't
0: need an umbilical, uh, uh, an umbilical cord because he had a biblical. Maybe cord. it was a cosmetic thing, John. I don't know. Hey, he, See, did he want to be different? Those are I the questions. Yeah, you're still struggling on that. I'm just ago. saying no, imbi- no umbilical cord because he had a biblical cord.
1: <laughs> he had a biblical cord. B- Biblical belly button. Ah, <laughs> yeah, no, <man. laughs> I'm going back to Job here. He's in heaven.
0: God never <laughs> Tell never <your> story, any- <laughs> brother. God never
1: explained anything to him on earth. That's a guarantee. We yeah, know that from uh, the Word. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. yeah. Okay. From the Word. And the latter end of Job was better than the beginning. And so yes. his friends get right. Job prayed for him. And it, happy, it lived after. Th-
0: chapter 38 on.
1: So yeah. I see him in heaven, sees a Bible, begins to read it, because <laughs> sees his name, Job, oh my goodness, it's me. And then he says,
0: uh, yeah, but when he sees it, I wonder if he would go job or Job.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They pronounced my name wrong. (laughs) And he sees God bragging on him. Hast thou considered my servant Job? And then he has his aha moment like, oh my goodness, God did know what he was doing. And I did trust him all the way through. And no wonder he blessed me. So leave me alone, James. Amen and amen. That's my little Job fantasy. <laughs> There's your story. Hey, who was who was uh, tried harder than him? Oh, nobody. And uh, it's who whose protection seemed not to be there. I know. But it was there. The whole even time. Even because it was a bigger purpose going on How about than this? Job's immediate comfort. Let me say that again. Yeah. Because it just came in. me. I never thought. There was something more going on, something bigger going on than Job's immediate comfort. Ooh, that'll preach.
0: That was good. Dude, I'm giving you two more points. That was from Jesus, not from me. That was good stuff. You know, look at look at Lot. Lot who should have burned
1: mm-hmm. was spared. Yeah. Well, that was protection. Angelic, get him out of. it. And he was fighting the angels. He
0: didn't even want to leave. To so burn in the whole whew. Yeah, right? So yeah. so when we when we look at this stuff, we see God's protection even in our stupidity. God's protection, like with Lot, God's protection, even in our righteousness, when we have, because Job had a pride issue, and yet God still protected him through it. We see God's protection in our ignorance. Um, we, we just, God protects us, but he doesn't always spare us. Yeah, I think I'm having an aha moment here just kind of looking
1: at Job and some of the other trials that in, in the moment of protection it doesn't always look like protection because there's a greater purpose going on than
0: it's, it's hard to see glory when you're feeling the burn of the fire Yeah but God knows what he's doing and if we can
1: trust him though he slay me yet will I trust him if we can trust him when the fire's hot, I think we pass the test, and then the purpose of the trial, mm-hmm. we come forth as gold. Wow, yeah. I didn't see that coming into this Bible study.
0: How sweet Thank is you, that? Jesus. Yeah, so
1: so when the trials come, and the the pain comes, we know He's with us. We know He knows what's going on. I remember having a real test in Bolivia. I had a kidney stone attack on him in this little clinic in Bolivia and it wasn't clean and it was, it was scary. I was scared and I was in agony, but I, I, I just began to praise the Lord. God, you're big, you're good. I know you love me. You got me right where you want me. I came here to, to, to lift up your name, to bring Bolivian people to Jesus. Many people get saved every time I go to, I mean, God's just working in Bolivia very powerfully. And And I trusted him. I really did. I I passed that test. I don't pass them all, but (laughs) I passed that test. And I had peace in the midst of the storm. And it it was a horrific, extremely, you know, 10 on the physical pain scale. But then I, I didn't have my doctor there. And it was really amazing as I, they had to send to the, from the clinic, wait for the pharmacy to open, send the missionary in a taxi cab to the pharmacy to buy the medicine. It was like two bucks. And then they drove back, and he took a pair of scissors, cut open the the IV bag, and who, who knows how many times that needle might have been. I don't know.
0: Or the scissors. <laughs>
1: and he just opens that bag up and dumps this medication in. And I'm just like, okay, Jesus, I'm in your hands. So I saved the medicine thing because it was printed in English and Spanish. I came home, and I showed my doctor. Uh, I told him how he, what had happened and what the doctor did there, and he said, he treated you perfectly. Mm-hmm.
0: God's protection, so man.
1: God was with me, and I didn't really f- feel it, mm-hmm. but I believed it. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel it, yeah, but I believed it, and then I get down the road a little bit and turns out he he was protecting me,
0: yeah, but that's how God works man and and it just listen, it builds our faith through the struggles, it purifies us so that we lack nothing, and I think the nothing that it's talking about is trust, yeah. It's a big deal to God. It's huge, right? That's what He's looking for—that we trust Him. Yeah. Hey, but. guys, listen. We are—we are protected in all things. We have the ability, though, by allowing our sin to uh, uh, and our sin nature to rule us out, to depart the will of God and to take that protection off of us. A shield can only protect us if we pick it up, it up and use it. Yeah. We cannot sit back and say, God will protect me if, we don't, if we've not done the things that we ought to be doing. Mm-hmm. It's only through prayer and the study of God's word do we understand who God is and understand his promises and understand the promises of protection he has for us. It may not always look like we want it to look, but I can promise you it's exactly what God wants for us. Guys, hey, thank you for tuning in, and until next week, God bless.